Guys, let's get real. Let's get real for a second. Are you ready to have your mind blown open and taken over by rainbows that the earth squirted inconceivably into some fat stones? Are you sick and tired of seeing the same double rainbow? Do you know in your heart that you need infinite rainbows? Me too. We're seeing them right now, and we have the answer for you to manifest the reality that you truly desire. Yeah. Wear these opals while you're manifesting and manifesturbating your dreams. They will take over your dreams, let me assure you. Yeah, we're, we're here today to tell you about our fairy opal grandparents. Yeah. Cosmic opals. Cosmic opals. We love them. They love us. Sponsors of the pod. Sponsors of the pod. And all they want for you is to experience rainbows. Yes. And find incredibly unique jewelry. Yeah. And like they mine them themselves and we went mining with them and it changed our lives forever. When you're like sifting through the dust and the dirt and the rubble all day and then you find a shiny rainbow. These are more rare than diamonds, y'all. Yeah. You're we became the opals. The yeah. opals became us. We were dreaming an opal. We're, we're obsessed. You realize everything is opal. And I feel like you need that. I feel like you need 10% off. I think feel like you need 10% off. On the whole site. So go to CosmicOpals.com, type in that code. Boy, you know it's online forever. And remember, everything is opal. So Opal and out. Get some opal today. <laughs> Are you sure you want to post that? <laughs> so we have four guests or four pe- four people four entities in the studio yes today. we have four the most we've ever had we have <laughs> our lovely snake channeler Hi. stephanie I'm welcome so happy to be here and will you introduce your yeah familiar shisha he is a um eight-year-old boa constrictor that i do psychic readings with so elevator pitch is it's like a tarot reading minus the deck plus a snake Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and he does the work and you and you communicate it. Yeah. It's a collab. It's a collab, but to be honest, like it's mostly his game plan and like I just uh say what he's saying. Like when I started this work, it was under the agreement that I was just going to tell strangers what my snakes were saying and that they said it was all going to work out from there. So it's all been working out since then, <laughs> kind of, you know, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the work just continues to take me on a journey. And that's like, it brought me here. So mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Shisha one of several snakes you read with? Yeah. So all of my snakes kind of like specialize in certain things. So Shisha likes to be the star. He likes to be here. He likes to uh, talk to hot ladies. He really <laughs> likes to go and socialize. Um, my <laughs> other snake, who is like significantly bigger and significantly younger, has zero interest in making friends. He only wants to do like photo shoots in the privacy of our own room. And like, tell me secrets. So, like, everybody kind of like um, teaches me, like, all of these snakes teach me. And then, like, they all have like their certain roles that they like to do. And he likes to be here. So, yeah, yeah he even told me what to wear. 
um great yeah. choice thank the you shoes. yeah i, I need like, help from she shoes. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while i get a bit stressed out and then uh and then he reminds me that he's in charge so she yeah, escape there are the cameras <laughs> <laughs> so when did this work begin um so this work began I started offering readings in 2018, but I started working with my snakes like psychically in 2011. So I thought that like that was just a me thing that like I just had a relationship with my snake and it was a vibe. And then like push came to shove and she just kept telling me what to do. And we started doing the readings together. So um, yeah, that's that's how long we've been in the game. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We were just talking about how people's fear of snake is like, there's just so many people are so scared yeah. of them. What do you I, think that is? You know, I think that, um, okay, so I love things that like scare people and like, <laughs> and force people into like their own like, reconciliation with themselves right like I think that like snakes do that I think that clowns do that too you know and it's like there's these certain experiences that start to like surface um what our inner limits are and when it comes to a boa constrictor like shisha like he can't kill you so the fear is something else mm -hmm. and i just i love helping mm -hmm. people to dissolve whatever fears are kind of like limiting them from being their highest potential um and yeah people are afraid of snakes because like people are afraid mm -hmm. and then they get to like culturally put it on something and then they blame it on that you know like oh it was the snake like oh it was the clown um <laughs> i just love clowns <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah i was not allowed to dress like a clown today but just imagine it for a second everyone <laughs> That would be great. But she just said no. Yeah, no. <laughs> we needed to be marketable. <laughs> she knows best. Yeah, She's a great totally. business partner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So did you like, how did you start um, understanding how to like channel snakes? Yeah, um, good question. I don't know if I necessarily have like a super like linear answer for it. Because when I was younger, um, I just, like, was obsessed with snakes. Um, it's been, like, this hyperfixation that I've had for my whole life. I never had a snake when I was younger, but, like, I just imagined that I would know how to talk to them. And then um, at the zoo one day, I, like, definitely felt like I did. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and so that was great for me. <laughs> <laughs> and at like about 11 years old, I was actually taken in by a Sangoma witch doctor in South Africa who started to like give me psychic lessons. And I would go and meet up with her um, every Sunday. So I had these like these out of the box kind of like um, occult and magic lessons coming in from a pretty young age. <laughs> I just didn't think that that would like evolve into a job like ever. Like I am a dropout MBA student. So I really I was not thinking that I'd be a psychic. I was thinking that I'd be like 
you know, a business professional. Yeah. Well, you're so many things because you're also studying law right now. Yeah, right? I am studying law. I'm studying <laughs> to go to law school and I can't freaking wait. Um, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. She touched my mic. <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to lift a finger, babe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even think about the law now. Um, yeah, I'm studying to go to law school, so I have like a few different facets going on. Um, something about being psychic for me has always meant that like I see these premonitions, um, and now I've just kind of like caught up to them, and I'm just trying to like do my part with the premonitions that I see instead of just like trying to tell everybody about them because newsflash, nobody wants to hear about it. Um, (laughs) So it's like when it's too soon, it's too soon. So I'm working on just like showing up for the the forecasts that I keep seeing with the snakes. Yeah. 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 And the snakes are just bringing you places. I feel like in the last couple of years, the snakes have been like, time to go to Arkansas. And then it's like, you're going to live in Texas now. Totally. Totally. And we're um, proudly moving back to Arkansas. Yeah. I know that you're from Arkansas. And like, (laughs) this podcast is going to be all about Arkansas now. Um, I, I love that you're from there. I think that it's just like such a funny, like, weird place and I just like I feel like I know like a a different like gritty side of like who you are and like your your like vitality and your like bigness and your confidence because you're from there and you're here and you're doing the work that you're doing so like hats off and like yeah for (laughs) sure the the hills are weird they are weird it definitely informs so much of who I am and I only keep learning more about that like the farther away I get from it I'm like it's it they're deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did I, you live there? Um, Bentonville. Walmart. <laughs> yeah, Walmart, yeah. everyone. She just told me some um, crazy stories about them billionaires. Yeah, I, uh, you know, oh, I stumbled into it in just like a very innocent way because I just really like to mountain bike. And I had been doing fan life for like three years, just mountain biking around. And I saw that there were great trails in Arkansas. So I popped myself up there and then was like, oh what is happening here? Because it was like a flush economy with like my favorite coffee shops and like my favorite Portland shops. And I was just like, what am I doing in Arkansas with all of my favorite thingies? Um, And yeah, I definitely, I I took a break and now I'm like ready to go back. Um, I've decided, shut up, I love it. And I am not going to make any like reasons for that. I just like it's just the right place sometimes. I'm just vibing it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Are you going to go back to Benville? Yeah. Whoa. I know. Back to my uh, my little bubble of billionaires and millionaires. (laughs) Oh my God. You attract like billionaires specifically. Is it yeah, I um, magic. <laughs> you know, okay, so here's the thing. I love people who have figured out a way to like hack the system and to live differently. I'm really into people who um have like something interesting going on with their lives, who are doing something interesting for themselves and others. And like, I mean, that's totally what has like attracted me to like the sex work industry and to fringe economy, like working on a weed farm. It's totally like what attracts me to like 
like venture capitalism too. I'm just like, <laughs> what is going on on the outside? Like, how can I like understand the system a little bit more by like allowing myself to explore outside of the system and like that fringe? So busted. Yes. I do love billionaires. <laughs> 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 and the fringe economy. And where is my snake going? What are the billionaires you know like? Are they? Do you do you think you can ethically become a billionaire, or are they a little loco, or is um, it all over the place? You <clears throat> know, I think that it's all over the place. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she touched my shoulder. <laughs> I'm like gonna make notes of all of these things. Like, dear diary, Sydney touched my microphone. <laughs> dear diary, <laughs> Susie touched my elbow or my shoulder. <laughs> I'm already lying in my diary. <laughs> um, okay, so I think that basically, um, in in a big sense. Um, billionaires are super similar, actually, in, like, their energy and, like, suspicions and, like, paranoias as just, like, super poor people. And that is, like, sorry, guys, like, no beef to anybody. Um, <laughs> but I think that, like, there's something to be said about, like, just being on such polar opposite sides of the, like, economic and class spectrum that just really isolates people. So, um, like, why somebody would, like, work so hard to isolate themselves or mm. journey so far out of the box is, like, really interesting to me. Mm. And um, can you ethically become... A billionaire like I think so but you would have to be the perfect personality to like live that that type of isolation mm. um yeah yeah I talked to all kinds of people when I was doing van life stuff and um and I was it kind of made sense to me when I realized that like the super impoverished and the super wealthy have so much in common but um yeah, it wasn't something that I was expecting, you know. I just kind of like bougie things, and then I kind of like gritty things. <laughs> so that's uh, thank you so much, honestly, for chilling. <laughs> I was like, please don't go everywhere right now, and like look at you. He's happy with I feel like you. yeah, he loves boobs for he sure. He loves boobs. Yeah, yeah he definitely he he's going. a magnet for hot chicks. <laughs> he used to just like only be a magnet for like really like hyper 12 year old boys which was this whole situation but he seems to have matured <laughs> he's out of that phase now he's like maybe i should skateboard and... <laughs> yeah you're gonna be a skateboard daddy why did you cho choose um shisha to bring today mm. he's the one that he's told the one. me yeah. yeah he said i'm going on it's me. It's you, huh? Yeah, he's like kind of huffing about it. Yeah. I mean, you really did put in the work. Okay, so what he says is that like because he was basically in charge of the channel that I did originally for Susie years ago, um, that he also had scheduled himself in along the timeline to be in a podcast that he knew was going to exist, and that's why he's here. Wow. Sassy. He, he did, yeah. yeah. I mean, he definitely, you both told me, Lots of things that came exactly true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like to take a moment to just let everybody know that I've done, like, 
close to 2,000 readings now. And I have only seen two people take the channel to like its capacity and you're one of them. (laughs) And it's so beautiful because like as a like channel, what I'm seeing is like exquisite. And it's also just like kind of this dream that I see for like 60 minutes and then it's gone. But with Susie, like you just made it a reality (laughs) and it like is so beautiful. And you just, you've really transcended like everything that you were working with and like taken everything everything from that like dream state into a reality and it's just like such proof that you can make your dreams come true that's cheesy but I super believe it yeah it is I I remember being like I think I'm just like gonna take this leap maybe and you're like oh you are (laughs) (laughs) and I forget I mean like I had been stripping I think and it was like COVID and Mm -hmm. it was maybe when I had started OnlyFans or maybe before I'm not sure but I was just like you know like before you dive in the pool you have a little bit of like anxiety and like I don't know failing at something like that would just be so devastating and I just wanted to talk to you about it and you were like this is gonna happen and then this is gonna happen and then this is gonna happen and it's just all going to happen and I was like okay yeah I can see that let's go with that and then it did yeah I was gonna look in my journal to see like specifics from the reading but time escaped me and we're here now in the live channel right here we are (laughs) time space continuum (laughs) but you've done a lot of readings for like some celebrities and like big people that might not be posting that they got a snake channeling reading but they did you know (laughs) i like i i like to remind people that like their anonymity is safe with me Mm -hmm. so um like i i personally don't know if I would go and get a psychic reading from some chick that talks to snakes. Like, I would like to think that I would, but just in case I wouldn't be, I just want to, like, kind of keep that part of people really safe so that if they are looking for um, for answers outside of the box, that, like, they just know I'm not going to exploit them. So I have worked with, like, um, Fortune 500 company people, like, CEOs and, um, and celebrities and people of, like, you know, power. Um, but then <laughs> during, like interviews with people like Rolling Stone like my lips are sealed like and it's so funny because journalists really will try to get stuff yeah. out of you yeah. no way Jose we don't have to no try offense all, against usually. Jose <laughs> yeah people just come here and just like spill their Bob. guts yeah but yeah I think that it was that same we FaceTimed about it for a while it was that same Rolling Stone person uh-huh. that talked to us both and they were yeah. like trying to get information out of both of us right. like about similar yeah, Things. and I was like, you're not getting in here. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to have a really weird, boring conversation with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, you started, you were, you emerged into this world in uh, South Africa, right? That's where um, you were born? I was born in Denver. Okay, born in Denver. Moved to South Africa when I was nine. Left when I was nearly 15. So I did three high schools my freshman year. Whoa. Um, and I also think, yeah, what? <laughs> hell, literally <laughs> Don't hell. do that to your children. <laughs> like, just homeschool them if you're going to behave like that. Um, <laughs> like, just let me boss you around on that one. Um, so I do think that, like, my, my upbringing and my time in South Africa is, like, kind of what just, like, 
turned a different switch on for me where I wasn't going to like subscribe to the like suburban types of things that I was raised with in Denver, but like I was going to do something else. Mm -hmm. Um, South Africa at the time was like the rape capital, murder capital and crime capital of the world. So uh, as a kid in public schooling, mind you, like I had some different stuff to focus on Mm -hmm. and um I'm so grateful for it and it also like it taught me how to accept that like death is inevitable and it could be right now right here but you can always celebrate in the meantime Mm -hmm. and so like just fuck it up you know like have a really fun time (laughs) yeah yeah Shisha yeah (laughs) like great (laughs) oh my gosh snakes are such like interesting creatures like just the fact that they're like this long rod i'm like there's something so a creepy and Mm non-human about feeling about them but b like really spiritual i'm like you're like a little wand or just like i totally understand channeling through them yeah such interesting shapes too they're they're so fascinating right like they've lived on this planet for like 3.4 million years longer than humans I know, very proud. And the Tyranoboa, the first known boa constrictor, um, essentially looked just like him, except the Tyranoboa was so large, it couldn't fit through a standard-sized door. So the only part of them that's physically changed since then is they've just gotten smaller to adapt to the planet. And how kind of you is that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, their pattern and everything was all the same. Um, And I just, I love their consistency. And um, it just, like, to me, like, all of their evolution has happened, like, within and, like, on a consciousness level versus, like, changing hair and thumbs or whatever humans have been up to. (laughs) They, like, be homo sapien. (laughs) Get rid of that hair. Put it on your head. Do snakes Um, have sex? Yeah. How do they do it? They have two penises, don't they? Great questions. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy penis. Yeah. So um, actually, 2022 was a big year in snake science. And um, one of the things that they discovered is that snakes are um, some of the only, if not the only other animal that has a clit. And so not only, right, so not only do they have sex, but they have like clitoral stimulating sex that goes on for a long time. Um, And so I know you're so proud of that. Um, So they have like a couple of like uh, talons on either side of their in quote vent is like what you call the hole that like they pee out of and that their penises come out of and stuff and so they like latch their talons and then you know have intercourse complete with a clit and so I would assume that the female snake obviously really likes that yeah who the heck doesn't right yeah she said she sure does yeah so the talons Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh Okay, I'm trying to picture. So the (laughs) onto the clit. I don't know. (laughs) Let's do anatomy. (laughs) Okay, so right there, there's like a couple of dots on either side of my thumb, Mm -hmm. and that's where the talons are. And they come out and they latch onto each other's tails. 
yeah, let him grab your tail. <laughs> She's just staring like, what? Yeah, those are your talents, huh? Wow. Oh, what a strong, handsome, strapped, talent man. <laughs> <laughs> How often so do cool. you channel with them? Is it like a um, whole ritual around it, around it, or do you do it as a daily practice? I'm pretty fluid with it. Like, um, I really do, like, every once in a while I'll be like, oh, I haven't done, like, a client reading for, like, a week or, like, two weeks. Like, I must not be doing the thing. But then I realize that, like, they've just been putting me into the world and, like, me basically, like, collecting information for mm-hmm. more readings, and then they just all come piling in, like... Um, I was dancing at a club in Portland for a couple of months and I was like, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> like what's happening? And then like I just ended up talking to like all of these customers that were giving me all kinds of information and like all these mm. dancers that were giving me all kinds of information. And I just had like all of these new puzzle pieces come together and it's like, oh, okay. So like this is like part of the next wave of these psychic readings. So kind of like it seems like um, me and my clients seem to go through like different waves of um, different types of information that we're, we're processing. So um, it's almost like I've done my research paper for the next tier. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I feel like life happens like that sometimes. You're like, why isn't this thing happening? Mm-hmm. And whatever is happening while you were hoping something else was happening is like so exactly valuable. gearing you up for the thing that you want. Yeah. You know, you're like sponging and processing and discerning different things. And then all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh, okay, it's happening. And all my recent experience is directly applicable. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think people forget that just like building relationships with new pe- meeting new people and like networking and shit like that is like so expansive and like ripply and you just yeah. forget because it feels like oh I'm just chumming around but it's like no that's like a superpower totally yeah. totally and you know I I've noticed that um, the the older I get the more valuable those like kind of socialite skills are mm-hmm. where you know like the ability to go out and meet people is like not something that everybody has so I try to be easy on myself when I feel like I'm just running around talking to strangers <laughs> yeah it's all a part of the plan yeah. you can't really go off your own blueprint that's I don't think. so true it's already <laughs> set in stone <laughs> are your are your um experiences with the snakes are your visions mostly future oriented mm. so um the like lens that they have me look into is basically like a um like an akashic record of whoever we're working with and so i'll see like this a combination of like an akashic record placed over their body and i'll see like their different kind of like auric fields and kind of just injuries in their auric fields in conjunction with the um, Akashic record. And then what I specialize in specifically is invoking unimaginable upgrades. So like wherever there's an injury in somebody's Akash and auric field is a place that like we'll go and focus on release and like kind of like massage that out. 
So when I'm getting information from there, like the snakes will like show me like either a moving picture that I need to like pick through for the metaphors of. And sometimes at the same time, they will also show me like um, scrolling text, like the beginning of Star Wars. (laughs) And I'm just like expected to like, to translate all of this. So that's how I can just easily like just go fast for like 60 minutes of sometimes like a year's worth of information for somebody. Yeah. It's like opening Mm -hmm. up a file or something. Yeah. Yeah. And having to translate it. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I remember something that you told me during our reading about the galactic panel. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember being like, I don't know, you were like, it's time for you to go to the galactic panel and tell them that you know what your purpose is or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just like, just went, I don't know. Yeah. It's not always been easy for me because I have a pretty like lengthy psychic background in my personal life. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it just, for someone else that has never had like this type of experience I guess it's like what do you mean go to the galactic panel like I don't know I'm sure you have clients where they're just like completely lost on how to use what you've shown them well and it's interesting because like you're somebody who could um like receive and then like act on information like a galactic panel but (laughs) other people like sometimes I'm just like oh my gosh like I just spent 60 minutes telling that person what to eat like I hope that that works out for them like wish it could have gotten a little bit more meta but then like (laughs) they'll reach out to me and be like oh my gosh like I did all of this and now I'm thinking so much clearly Mm. and like you were totally right and so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like like I've just learned that wherever the channel is is like the perfect place for that person and like for shirzies like i cannot go running around telling everybody to go and like get in touch with the galactic panel they'd be like (laughs) the lady who talks to snakes is even crazier than we thought (laughs) yeah yeah it's all about like translating it for the person so it's the most like digestible for them totally so like maybe you telling someone to eat almonds to start every day Uh is actually getting them to the galactic panel like while they're asleep totally (laughs) totally and it it, so some of this like skill of like knowing like what is too much for people comes from I was a yoga instructor and religious studies instructor at a college in small town Nevada for a hot sec (laughs) and like this is a place where like you cannot say chakras because that's like a sign of the devil right like so like being a (laughs) yoga teacher for people who are like trying to meditate but like like trying to like tiptoe around all of these words so that nobody thought that like they needed to like run away was like such a process and so like I kind of like got to comb out terms that people could accept Mm -hmm. and then like be like don't use that word anymore like chakras don't work but for some reason energy centers do (laughs) so run with it (laughs) the gas stations of the soul if you will (laughs) think of your body having seven stores (laughs) yeah one store is purple (laughs) (laughs) people just take their own time with everything it's so interesting i feel like when I started my psychic journey and being 
really into spirituality. I feel like it was not um, – there weren't, like, corner stores for it everywhere at that point. It was, like, something really kind of weird, strange, and not heard of. And now I feel like everyone – and everyone is, like, a Reiki master and everyone is a yoga instructor and everyone's it's doing it. wild. Yeah. It's wild, the amount of people who are giving psychic readings or tarot readings mm-hmm. or, you know, and it's so funny because, like – I'm sure that you can kind of relate to this too, like like also being on like the fringe before stripping was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like stripping, guys, newsflash, used to be so not cool. It was like the equivalent of like working at the circus. I thought that that was amazing. Um, but it certainly <laughs> wasn't like what was everywhere, you yeah. know? And so um, it's interesting to see like, what things just like blow up like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I wishing I'm wishing everybody best on their psychic journey, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the same thing has kind of happened with porn. Like yeah. everybody does porn now. Right. Like having an OnlyFans is like it's a household known thing for the most part. Totally. When someone tells me they're like, "What's that?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, whoa, like where are those people?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's so interesting. So I feel like like having there be an all of a sudden oversaturation of something, I feel like it makes it more legit and at the same time makes like just dilutes it. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I mean, just like um a lot of people who are giving psychic readings right now are not going to be giving really like strong psychic readings. A lot of the people making porn right now are not making great porn. They're just making porn with their boyfriend at home in their bedroom. And no shade, but mm-hmm. um, it's not – it's kind of – it dilutes it. It's It kind of, like, takes away from, like, some of the, like, potent artistry in it. And something that I love so much about the porn industry is that, like – it is an industry that is so in its roots. It's just like such an outsider economy mm-hmm. that it's like throughout the existence of porn, like you had to like have your own camera people, you had to have your own actors, you had to have your own lighting, and like it was a completely like um, independent economy. And I just love that. Like it's so ingenuitive, um, and it also like fed the mouths and well-beings of outsiders like for decades right yeah and um yeah like I I've always been inspired by that I've always been inspired by people who have been able to like look at the system and work outside of it and so I wonder like you know like early porn was like um its own economy but now there's an industry that's that's like profiting off of everybody's artistry right so it's it's all interesting to me and I also am just so excited to see what like the the prolific like artists in these fields like continue to do yeah because it's also like okay you know like both of you have done it and both of you have been thriving with it and you're also like genius business people and I mean like (laughs) you let it grow from from (laughs) um porn to this and like you're not just making porn right like there's a whole business aspect of it that behind the scenes like like it's it's like these like these um 
films and these like these different scenes that you both are making are only like a small facet of the like huge machine that you guys are like running and it's so exciting to me mm-hmm. and it's also like uh, the like the I, I'm so happy for anybody who gets to see your guys' work. And I'm also like, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> these dudes are masterminds. <laughs> um, yeah, and you just so are. Uh, what a great time. <laughs> sitting on a podcast with business masterminds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm so interested to see where society is going to go from here. Like post pandemic, everyone yeah. does porn, but everyone hates porn stars still. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty private with my spirituality, but my biggest thing that I feel like is like the foundation of what I believe in and how I navigate life is just always reminding myself it's like always going on in my head of polarity always exists like Mm -hmm. there's always an equal opposite of something like the more normal porn becomes the more mad people are that it's more that Mm -hmm. it's normal and like (laughs) you know (laughs) so in the same thing with like you know this is a probably a, a just a bigger topic to even bring up but um with you know so many more people knowing about trans people and the trans experience of life like there's a lot of pushback on that obviously like the more people know about something the more they're going to try to stop it because it makes them feel lots of things and people don't feel comfortable in them in themselves and seeing somebody be comfortable in that way is really triggering for people so i think it's a a similar thing of like if somebody deep down wishes that they could like flop their titties around on twitter or whatever Mm -hmm. and like seeing somebody do it or hearing us talk about it it's like no (laughs) (laughs) Um, it kind of like invokes the same thing as a snake right like that fear that like limitation that Mm. you have when like you're faced with something that seems so different from you um and then you see yourself more clearly right and like yeah like now that we can just instantly globally communicate and we can like do that on a like consumer and civilian level like there's people who have just literally never even considered that trans lives actually exist. And um, and now that, like, these things are being blown up, it's, like, it's so fascinating. Excuse me, because I also see this, like, phenomenon where, like, my, like, Seattle penthouse, like, city folk friends have no idea that these other people existed. Like, I've had, like, penthouse friends be, like, and not the porn, but, like, the apartments. Um, <laughs> just to glorify. Um, I've had these friends, like, like hit me up and be like, Stephanie, I can't believe that racist people exist. And I'm like, whoa, where were you living? You know, like, this has always been an issue. It's, like, and so, like, both sides are kind of seeing this like transparency and just like the shock of that is like it's wild to be able to experience culture shock from your phone yeah that's true because people are living in their bubble they're in their penthouse they're with all their rich friends and like Mm -hmm. they think that they're all not racist and they assume that the rest of the world is the same when in reality they're probably racist and Mm -hmm. the whole world is so (laughs) they're just in their bubble and I feel like when people get stuck in any bubble that they're in you lose sight of 
reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. We are in the porn bubble, that is for sure. Yes, we are. And we forget. It, it's a good bubble. <laughs> it's a pretty good bubble. Yeah. All right. It, sometimes, <laughs> honest, sometimes it feels sometimes like, like... what the fuck? It feels like we're all in... It's like you're sent back to high school because it's like the same people kind of recycled again and again. Right. And it's... <laughs> Your career's about four years long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, you know... Everyone fucks each other. So it's like there's all these energy exchanges and some of them go real deep and some of them are real shallow. And sometimes you somebody involved wanted it to go the other way. And it's like it's not just like a social industry. It's like everyone knows what each other's bodies feels like. It's like (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's um it's interesting. I feel like you know, outsider economies like the porn industry um and clubs right like they're a way for people who are like atypical to exist and thrive and be themselves exactly and with that being said some people have never existed outside of those circumstances as an adult so like people act weird you know like i literally probably (laughs) got i kid you not um like 200 messages from like just angry and emotional strippers yesterday who are like all really going through stuff and it was like oh (laughs) everybody's everybody's doing this thing like and why is this like okay in this community because these people have like never really like bridged outside of it and um and so it just is what it is what were they upset about um, just club stuff. Okay, yeah. Club stuff. Yeah. You know, like, I, it, strip clubs are such an anomaly to me. Actually, this is important. Um, strip clubs are an anomaly to me because, like, it seems like every strip club literally opens because they're chasing a dream, the dream strip club. We all have the dream strip club. Mm-hmm. All the girls are happy. All the girls make money. The owners are so happy. Everybody's making money. It's all so great. The customers come in. They give money. They're respectful. You know, like the security is there. He kicks somebody out if somebody's too drunk. You know, like it's all the dream. And some people have like in Dallas, for instance, they have a different version of that dream. But, you know, essentially <laughs> it's like all the same kind of dream. And um, and so, for whatever reason, they only open a different strip club because every freaking strip club fails at becoming the dream. Yeah. And so it's like this like weird cataclysmic phenomenon where like, OK, here's the important part. If our malls are closing if people like Amazon are like buying out like the freaking stocks and clothing and whatever like you need to fill a mall and like keep our cities like full of all the stores we used to have if all of that is failing we also don't really need strip clubs anymore like people need to pop up their own strip clubs dancers need to just like go out to freaking tahoe go skiing (laughs) pass out flyers for their own pop-up strip club have their own dj have their own security and like just do a pop-up club and like get money from happy people who are happy to give you money and like we don't need the middleman of the dream club anymore yeah but you know like yeah all of these all of these women yesterday were like blowing up my phone because everybody's upset that like a dream strip club situation 
has not panning out. out. <laughs> um, and, yeah. you know, and there I go, right, with, like, my new version of a dream strip club where I'm like, no, the dream now is, like, cut the middleman, pop up your own. But, you know, um, I think that that we're all going to see, like, a big change in industry, in every mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. Stripping is so interesting. I feel like... I mean, we've all been strippers. I feel like it's such a, it's so valuable. Like you strip and you can talk to anyone and you can like within seconds of looking at a person figure out like what you're probably going to learn, maybe it like where it's going to go, how this person's going to make you mm-hmm. feel and how you're going to make them feel. I mm-hmm. feel like it taught me to just be able to immediately suss somebody out. Totally. And that's so valuable in life. Like, yeah. Whether... And getting rejected in your underwear is a super skill <laughs> that not many people have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, I had no backbone when I started working at the club, like at all. Did not. I knew who I was way more after I left. I think mm-hmm. just from it was really the first time in my life that I like had to stand up to men. Yeah, like you really don't have a choice. Boundaries every day. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of spineless in the beginning as well. Yeah, I learned real fast. I went. I made like 85 bucks my first night and then I went home and I read about being a stripper and I made 500 my next night I was like okay nice. yeah okay I can learn <laughs> Let's do this. yeah it's hard to navigate and a lot of people can't do it and like it, it's just it's its own society like the strip club is its own entity with its mm-hmm. own rules and like norms and everything and yeah it's the idea of like a dream strip club is very interesting to me and like or like an ideal situation in an industry like porn or stripping mm-hmm. because it conflicts on my mind because I'm like, I feel like these industries exist because they're kind of like, they exist in the imperfections of society. So it's uh-huh. like, could they, can they ever be perfect? It, is it just an illusion? Yes. I love that mind of yours. <laughs> yeah. and I feel like a lot of people enter like porn or stripping or sex work in general because they feel like they don't belong in society. So they mm-hmm. go and try there. But sometimes they have this like innate, like attachment to tradition and an attachment to society and they're not fully letting themselves like melt into the fringe space of sex work and so it's like this they're not finding as much success because they're still in like a nine to five headspace or like what does my family think headspace or whatever like limiting belief systems that they're still attached to right and then i think that's where a lot of like bad experiences in sex work can come from if you're not like fully in what you're doing besides like you know the obvious bad things that can happen when you're in sex work but (laughs) and I feel like I want to talk about this because I feel like we don't have like enough room for sex workers to be able to complain about their job Uh like we can't say like oh my god this guy was so annoying or creepy or whatever without somebody who's not in it just being like you're doing this to yourself. You could just mm-hmm. work at the bank. It's like, okay, well, I would get sexually harassed at the bank all day. Right. Anyway. And I would make a limited amount of money every day. Yeah, limited. There's a cap. Yeah. And I have a boss. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, people don't understand that when you choose to be sovereign, that you're choosing all of that, mm-hmm. right? You're like, getting all of the energy of your life and having to, like, c- control it yourself. Yeah, which is, I like, I have goosebumps about it. It's so magical. And then, like, yeah, you know the people that are like, well, you know, you could go and work at a bank. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, is that making you happy? Do you feel the glow up 
from working at a bank if you do like that's so great you should not do porn like, that's why you're <laughs> not in porn that's why you work at a bank but <laughs> you know like then people who like do care about like their sovereignty and like the excitement of making limitless money and um and being your own boss uh like it's it's worth the risk a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's a risky business, too, in general. And, mm-hmm. and every risk that you take in this industry, I feel like financially, at least for me, it's like it does pay for itself. It's just yeah. like getting into yeah. the space where you like just can believe in yourself enough to jump <laughs> for it, it. Yeah. And something else that I've noticed with people who have just never been in the industry is that like when sex workers kind of like complain or unload about whatever their experiences are it literally just triggers the other person because for whatever reason they were just never the person who was going to enter that field and so like they're just like they get so conflicted you know like and and that's a weird phenomenon where you're like i need to like unload and like whoever else is receiving it is just like in such a like shock and trigger that they don't even know how to handle no literally like if someone from a grocery store was like i had such a shitty day it was so boring imagine if i was like yeah well you're where you work at a grocery store of course it's boring. Right. Like, yeah. What? Right. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it still sucks. <laughs> I know. It's like me and you were just like biting our tongues. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for saying what needed to be said, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> does does Shisha have anything to say? Um, you know, according to the snakes, like our souls know no time. All our souls know our experience. So the more experiences that you put into your life, the more expansive your soul is going to feel, period. So like somebody who's working at the grocery store, they could still be expansive if they're doing new shit every day, if they're like stepping outside of their comfort zone all the time. But like people who are living in a comfort zone is like, that's like death to a soul. Like take a fucking cold shower, change your diet, see what happens when you stop drinking coffee, just experiment with life to try to make new shit happen. Because like, if you don't, you're basically just like squashing yourself out. And like, I see that in the snake channel. And it's wild because like, I don't see it in our clients. Like our clients are like really like wanting to step into the unknown. But um, on like a global level something that i just like see is people just like opting out Mm -hmm. i feel like it's all it's like there's a global layer of fear Mm -hmm. and i feel like people need their routines and need their comfort zones to feel less fear about their own lives and living in their body in this reality because it's scary like if you let yourself think about existence or what it all means or like how it feels to have a body and look through your eyeballs and like Mm -hmm. if you start getting meta about things it, it's not a good feeling for a lot of people. So right. they just focus on their job, getting things done, and and, and feeling secure. Yeah. And so, like, stepping outside of that means that they're unsafe in their, in their like, belief system. So I think it's totally. just hard. And obviously a huge thing to, you know, not forget about is money. Like, money is a really limiting reality for a lot of people. Yes. And, like, it's I've so experienced weird, that just, right? like, feeling completely... Mm-hmm 
in one place because not making money, don't have any money, don't have any generational wealth, no one's Uh helping, like it's just all up to you. And that's for me why I started doing sex work because it was a way for me to find an unimaginable upgrade or find some limitlessness in my life. And I'm not saying that like everybody, that the solution is just to become a sex worker Mm because that (laughs) does not work and you shouldn't do it. But (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, whatever you resist the most, like whatever triggers you the most is like literally probably what you should lean into, like not in a cheesy like exposure therapy thing, but like in a real thing of like if you feel a resistance like that, there's probably so much behind that Mm -hmm. that you should just you should just do it and see what happens. You know, like we're never like tied into any one thing, you know, like. Like, I hear people get, like, so concerned to do something new, whether it's, like, they're going to go on a vacation to a new place and, oh, are they going to pack everything that they need? Literally, every place in the world has towels. Don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> you're going to be fine. Um, And also, like, you know, people be like, oh, I don't know. Like, just, like, should I learn the guitar or should I do this? And it's like, just choose one for right now. Yeah. See what you like. <laughs> Like, there's no use in thinking about it this much. Yeah. Um, That, like, confusion sounds like hell, (laughs) you know? Like, just keep going until you figure out what's right for you. And I think that something that's interesting is, like, our personalities are different from our souls. So a lot of the time, like, our personalities will have a resistance to something. And then, like, if we just try doing stuff, then we can end up finding out that we like something that we didn't know we liked. Like, I'm an avid bike rider now I would have literally never known that I liked biking like I made fun of cyclists in their spandex outfits for my whole life and now I'm one of those people and I love it (laughs) Um, and I do it my way you know like I take the places that I like to go and I might drop some LSD before I go on a bike ride. And but like I didn't know that I would like breaking the rules at this thing that I like made fun of before. Yeah. You know. It's and there's so a funny. lot of things like that for me. That's a huge part of life is like becoming something that you hated. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that's a message to all you haters. <laughs> <laughs> like I never thought I was going to be living in LA complaining about it being cold Period. from, from yeah. growing up in Maine no sorry but here I am doing it almost daily and it <laughs> is cold until it gets hot yeah it's so true <laughs> winters are hard I'm, I'm surprised like protesting we... winter yeah, right now that's I, like, I'm over it I was like I'm not wearing a turtleneck I am over winter <laughs> So mm-hmm. I wore flowers to not us. because of yes. necessarily the weather. Spring. Yeah. I'm surprised we haven't talked about um, social media at all because I feel like the b- being tethered to social media, I mean, like you yeah. have to for your job, yeah. even though you don't do porn. Like yeah. there's so many industries and I feel like a lot of fringe fringe people mm-hmm. that are just like selling a service, yeah. they, they need it. And but it, it can be so opening but it also can feel super limiting so how, totally. how do you I know that you've like gone back and forth with it how, how are you feeling about it these days okay it's it's apparently a necessary part of things for right now for me mm-hmm. I also use 
like things like Instagram and just like the internet at large with this understanding for myself that I will at some point retire from it and I'll unplug from it. When I'm not with the internet, I literally don't miss it. I just get to be myself in the real world where people see me in the real world time and I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... You know, there's so many different platforms that we can use, um, and it's wild because I think that, like, there's so much, like, hypnotic stuff going on with things like Instagram that it it's, mm-hmm. their censorship starts to create an inner censorship. Yeah. And so anybody who's, like, caught in the grind of social media, just, like, remember that there's a whole freaking internet out there. Mm-hmm. And, like, not only is there, like, just, like, the whole freaking internet that we know, but we also are, like... Um, bridging into Web3, which is on blockchain tech, which has, like, an extraordinary power for, like, freedom and to control your own algorithm and to, like, skip being censored. And so, um, you know, passionately, I am anti-censorship on, like, every level. I it secrets are um like no use if we're gonna have the internet and be able to instantly communicate like no censorship like we're we should just go into this so um i i mostly like my biggest contention with um mainstream social media platforms are the censorship and um, I'm so curious about like all of the Web3 developments that are happening with different social media outlets like Minds, M-I-N-D-S, like these different social media platforms that have like a really big user base and you get to control your own algorithm. So if you don't want to be like traumatized by war porn, like <laughs> I'm constantly getting on my Instagram, then you can like change it and you can like only see psychics or you can only see porn stars or whatever you want you know and and then you can also change it on your end too so if you only want to be seen by like other psychics or other porn stars or whatever it is then you can change your algorithm that way Mm -hmm. and I think that like yeah like all of the social media stuff that we've known as of yet has like kind of just been like in the cave we're in the cave ages like um, I don't know if you guys have parents that, like, got carried away with Facebook yeah. or with, like, and to, like, be younger and to see people who were, like, boomers getting, like, sucked into it where you're, like, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that a lot of millennials have gotten carried away with it, right? And, like, the younger people right now see it. They're not into it. They don't want to have anything to do with it. And um, that's super valid. Yeah. It's it's interesting about the younger generation with social media. I feel like they know that it's fake, but yet it's like an appendage, mm-hmm. you know. So then mm-hmm. you like start wondering if you're if you're real and like right. I don't know. I'm I'm grateful for the time that I had in my life before social media, but I don't know that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So like these right. kids are starting off with the search engine in their hand. It's just it's wild. And this, like, second self connecting them to every other person in the world. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And, like, Uh we use social media for our business, but a lot of – most of the world Mm -hmm. uses social media to curate their personality. Which is wild. Yeah. Like, they're putting all of this energy into it, not even to make a bag. Right. Just to, like, perform who they want people to think they are. 
this is my shirt, this is my wall, this is my hair, yeah. give me likes. This you is know? the song. You're you're so right. And I forget about that, <laughs> right? Like when I'm not in business mode, I that's probably when I just hate social media the most. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I don't know if I have like a deep personal investment to like put that avatar out into the world if I'm not making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I think I'd rather just be like my little popular self wherever I live. It's, I'm popular in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's trippy to be like selling a product which is me mm-hmm. and like always like I don't know, you know, after a couple of years like selling Susie Susie Stellar being sexy is like Where's the where's the expansion in that if we just keep doing the same thing? Right. You could do it in, in so many different ways, but like having this podcast has been so nice because yeah. I'm like want to pump out content and post about it all the time because it's not just me and my body and how I can make you feel through a screen. It's mm-hmm. like it's just something bigger. Yeah, it's great. You're a you're a whole ass lady. Yeah. <laughs> with a hole in my ass wow <laughs> so are you i know that you were in a bit of an orgy era yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you were in like a celibate season yeah um what a Okay, so honestly, my sex life drastically changed when I started doing these readings. Like, when I kicked up my, like, psychic, like, everything, then, like, all of a sudden, my sex turned so psychic that, like, I became the pickiest fucking person in the world. Mm -hmm. I was not like that before. My first orgy was when I was 16. Like, I basically was like, okay, did sex with one person. Got to figure out what it's like to have sex with as many people as I can. How many faces (laughs) can kiss at one time before you're not (laughs) kissing, before you're, like, kissing each other? These were the things I needed to know. And so, you know, I've always been that way like any relationship that I've like found myself in um it's come with like the understanding that like I will basically just need to be able to like go and take care of myself sexually you know like Mm -hmm. I will not be hindered and um, all of my boyfriends have reported back to me saying that like I have a much higher sex drive than them and so it's good for me to go out right (laughs) um and so when all of a sudden, like, I started 2018, I masturbated and manifested my life away, just like all Susie. Mm-hmm. Literally <laughs> so much. Like, on my 30th birthday, I came 30 times before going to brunch, and then I came <laughs> more after brunch. Like, I, like, I just, there was so much magic, and, like, I was hopping through so many timelines, but it's also, like, I opened up my pussy's, like, psychic eye to the point that, like, it's just, like, I have to be so picky. So I did go through, like, a little bit of a celibate phase. I have even tried to, like, you know, hold my nut. Not for me. Not for me. No way. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> like, that was a terrible experience. Like, that led- I just, like, tried to not come. And I didn't come for, like, maybe 20 days. And it was the saddest experience Whoa. I've ever had. Was it worth it once you let it rip? Or- no. No. 
I was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, I should never, <laughs> I should never do that again. Like, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm sure that for the men who are practicing that, it's like a different experience. But I think that like actually women should be orgasming as, as much, much as, as possible. We can. Yeah. That like the more we orgasm, the more like we're opening this like pussy portal. I think that like pussy is so magical and like you can't let it close off. Like you have to practice like orgasming and get Getting yourself into that space and like literally sorry ladies but if you can't do that then that's the same as ed and you need to like face yourself and yeah, figure out that's fair. why you're not getting wet why you're not coming and like back off off of dudes and their dicks and staying hard for like six hours or whatever like <laughs> come on like you know like if you're wanting that then you actually are probably just wanting for yourself to be able to come for six hours which is entirely possible so do it yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. that was powerful <laughs> I have a lot to say about all of that. Um, (laughs) I definitely have, um, I've been having more group sex than one-on-one sex lately. And I think that it's just like, I'm not in a relationship right now. And I miss the intimacy of being in a relationship. So if I can have sex with two people, then it's kind of like, just more intimate um then it's not like stephanie's just having a one and done um (laughs) and then it's like i'm having a twice and done (laughs) (laughs) she just said yes yes (laughs) sex is so important orgasms are crucial totally i can't imagine if i wasn't having them yeah. Oh, sad. So I don't know hard. how I went the first four years of my life without one. <laughs> yeah, those four years were treacherous. It was tough. I was crying sure. all the time. I guess yeah. I was a baby or something. Yeah, they were like, oh, she's a baby. Give her a bottle. And you were like, I need a stuffed animal. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I was very attached to the binky, which, mm. you know, a lot of adults still are with the vapes. Mommy's milk, you yeah. know. Anything that we can suck on. Everyone's just mm. looking for a nipple out here. Yeah. Straw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, if we ask this question a lot on the podcast, what is the most forbidden sex that you've ever had? Mm. Something you weren't supposed to do. <laughs> I'm like, You're like, oh, I literally uh, fucked my snake. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no. no, no, that's no, a no. common question, though. Like, dudes will be like, "Do you fuck your snakes?" And I'll, I'll be like, "Are you kidding me? How would I fuck a snake? Like, if I have had to vet you throughout so many freaking different levels, like, what do you think I would be doing with a snake?" Um, so, I have a visual image personally. Yeah, but. thank you. <laughs> um, I love that image. We're just gonna let it soak in. Um, while I like continue to think about like forbidden sex, mm. like I don't know. Like I've never cheated on anybody, so I've definitely been privy to helping people cheat. Um, <laughs> um, married people fuck better. Because they're grateful. Yeah. And they're compassionate and, like, focused. And Mm. they want that, you know? Um, (laughs) Forbidden. There was this night I I was, like, introduced as the dom's dom in a night of kink, right? And uh, I was, like, the star of the performance. I was wearing this, like, big 
blonde wig. It was my first experience being like blonde, blonde like that. <laughs> and it was so weird because everybody treated me so differently. Oh, yeah. So I was Alice and I caught the white rabbit and I like beat her a little butt and we had such a good time. And um, I was just collecting like mostly gimps that night. But like I love to just fuck the hottest person that I see. And so I was waiting, you know, but like gimps are not hot and (laughs) they're filthy. (laughs) So um, the the hottest dude came in to this night and um, I was probably like, I think, 22. And um, we like went back to the place that he worked at, which was a CD store um, back when I guess CDs were a thing. And um, we fucked in the back room to Slayer and my wig came off and he did not know that I was not blonde. And I think that like there was just like so many things about that that were just like so forbidden. Like like I like (laughs) I caught the hottest guy that I had seen seen that night then like we broke into a place kind of um then like my wig came off like I just wasn't like myself all the way yeah and I think that that's probably the most forbidden um (laughs) felt forbidden for you yeah you know because like I really don't harbor much like sexual shame or regret like I have self-conscious stuff going on for sure like this whole time I've been like Oh, this is my bad side. The the audience is seeing my bad side. Guys, this is my good side. Do you see that? Do you see that? Um, <laughs> but like, as far as like sexual remorse or regret goes, pretty much such. Fuck yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Blessed. Blessed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh... She put those bags down. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I. It's just one of the things that I like. Didn't have to deal with this life. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about being online forever and like your the content that you put out there about being the snake lady and whatever mm-hmm. like that's going to it's permanent and whatever you go on and do in your life and it, it will be there like yeah. your digital footprint of being like a stripper, sex worker, crazy snake lady and then going and pursuing a law career like, I, <laughs> I, you know, like how how do you feel about the permanency? You know, um, online forever, it is so funny because, like, people have warned me throughout my entire life, oh, if you do that, it's going to be online forever. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just prefer it. You know, like, this is who I am. Then this is the avatar that you can look at through the past on the internet of who I've always been. I would so much rather be confident and transparent about who I am and continue living shamelessly than to ever feel like I need to conceal anything or lie. I don't like cheating. I don't like lying. And so, um, you know, like, what I have kind of, like, found out about myself is I'm kind of a wild animal. I can't contain myself and make myself not be wild. Um, Quick story on that. So I was a college instructor, right? And unfortunately, I sent out a nude that was meant for my husband to one of my students. 
and it was horrible, guys. Like, I didn't know if I was going to go to jail for sexual harassment and assault. I didn't know if I was going to face, like, my, like, my my fellow faculty members. Like, it was a terrible experience. And, like, at the end of me just, like, burying my face as deep into the floor as I could for, like, hours of feeling so bad about what had happened, like, I just came to the conclusion that, like, it's okay for me to be myself, but if I can't be myself in this environment, then this environment isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just like, that was a huge catalyst and learning experience for me. I never looked back. And um, like, I just, I would rather everybody know like who the fuck they're dealing with than not. And also, uh, Newsflash for law school, I'm going to law for something that kind of doesn't really exist yet. So when (laughs) I pop out the other side, it will not matter what I've done because I'll be one of the only people who's qualified to do what I'm doing. So fuck it up. (laughs) You know, like you just have to keep being yourself. It's like the it's the clearest key to sovereignty. Um, and that being said, there's a lot of people who are doing the opposite, right? Who are like hot girling their lives away and that's not themselves. Mm -hmm. And people need to be real with that. Like if you're going out and like having orgies and like regretting everything, stop it. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know why I've been able to do that other than I've just been myself and that works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but like if people are living with regret, like they should stop doing whatever they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) like you are copying somebody else Mm -hmm. you know yeah damn i know this has been incredible yeah (laughs) Ah. (laughs) okay i have this amazing fantasy where you two good cop and bad cop me (laughs) i love that who would be the good cop? Who would be the I bad cop? I knew you were going to ask, so I've tried it both ways. Okay. I'm bad cop. Yeah, you I are. Knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Susie's already kind of like has a little spicy energy, so. Yeah, you know, and I, I and can. It, yeah, and I think that like you would just really enjoy being bad cop, and then like you would just like have so much remorse for me, and you would be like, <laughs> I have to make this good, and I just want it. I want to be good copped and bad copped by the online forever babes. Yeah, you shall receive. I feel like that happens on the pod. I feel like sometimes you're the bad cop and I'm the good cop. Honestly. Because when we have guys on here, she just roasts them. And like you would think that would be my role, but I'm actually like, the more like I know, I'm like, babe. He's gonna start crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so Kisses. much for coming and thank, thank you, you, Shisha. Thank yeah, you, Shisha. it's been our pleasure.